everybody, and welcome back to Liquid Sound, a show dedicated to music, songwriting, and the creative process. I'm your host, Gino Brand, and we're coming to you in cooperation with the fine folks at the Liquid Arts Network. Today, we're very happy to welcome to the show Gordon Pazzali Jr. Gordon's a trumpet player who is frequently seen playing around the city with various jazz ensembles. He and I have often collaborated in the past. In fact, if you listen closely, you can hear his trumpet right now on this show's opening song. Gordon has recorded numerous albums under the name Damn Sight, and most recently he's been making ambient music. So on this episode, we check out a few of his tracks and talk about making ambient music, his experience recording and releasing a song every day for a year, the joys of playing in a punk rock band, quieting our inner censor, using live streaming platforms like Twitch as a musical medium, and lots more. And he and I conclude the episode with an in-studio performance of a completely improvised song. You don't want to miss it. The first of his tracks we'll be hearing is an ambient one called Quietude from his recent album Solace. You'll hear that on its own for about a minute, and then our conversation will come in over top of it. This is the track, Quietude. The album description says, Ambient atmospheric music to put on and forget about. Nothing jarring or intrusive. I hope the peace and relaxation that I experienced in making this album is passed along to you. The listener. The listener. (laughs) Dig. Um, I first saw you performing with a punk rock band called Cuttlefish. Right. Yeah, since then, you know, we've performed together i've seen you perform in jazz ensembles reggae funk yeah. kind of a little bit of everything we played lots of stuff together. played lots of stuff lots of different stuff i guess i wanted to to ask about the journey into ambient music okay do you think that that was a product of the times were changing or you changed or both okay um there was definitely there was definitely a time when i started making ambient music. I had done this project in 2013. It was it was a deliberate kind of, I think I had been writer's blocking for a long time. I just had this terror, couldn't write anything for a long time. So I decided to trick myself and make myself do this kind of discipline project. And it was write a song every day. Um, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be terribly good mm-hmm. it just just do something record it and then put it out there mm-hmm. and share it and every day just for 365 days it was the daily project because mm-hmm. i had heard of other people who had done that and they had they really swore by it 
It's really good for them creatively. I had no idea that it would completely change how I made music and even approached music, but wow. it did. <laughs> I thought it would be a, just this little, oh, okay, great. You know, that, that was hard. And <laughs> <laughs> but it had its moments of being hard. You know, some days were hard, easier than others. And sure. you know, but other days I wanted to do three or four songs and, you know, and, and then skip a day or something like that. But by the time I got to the end of that year, and 365 plus songs later, I was completely into atmospheres. And I had figured out a bunch of ways that I liked that were relatively easy to take sounds and stretch them out and play with chords that didn't have a, a definable beginning, middle, or end, really, you know. And, mm. and I, I really liked the in-between, what was going on between the lead whatever the lead instrument or voice is and the drums, you know, to just what's going on in that background. And okay. I became interested in washes and oh. atmospheres and things. And, I, and for me, that became the sweetest part of the song. So eventually I just grew tired of the leads and the melodies and, uh, and the drum beats and just thought, all right, well, just remove those and what's left. And then you've, what you've got is pretty much ambient music. And, mm. and I was reading John Cage and rereading because you, know, you have to read John Cage. <laughs> it's just change your life kind of reading. And, and Brian Eno, mm -hmm. I was really always into Brian Eno, but I started reading his books and watching his lectures and things mm. and, and just changed the way I looked at art and colors and, and music and just w what it means and the role that music has in our lives, you know, mm -hmm. that, I mean, we walk into a room and we, we don't, we don't usually look at the wallpaper and say, Oh, what a great color. Mm -hmm. Some people do that, but <laughs> most of us just sort of, we just take in the room and we go about our life and we just do what we're going to do in this room. But no two rooms are the same because of, you know, the dimensions of the room or the, colors that you're seeing and the warmth or the the lights and the way the shadows and you know all this stuff all that hap is going on and it's affecting how we are and how we perceive ourselves and what we're doing in that room but we rarely focus on oh i love the way the shadow falls on that mm. wall right it's just going in there mm -hmm. it's ambient ambience <laughs> it's yeah. ambience yeah. you know it's ambiance right yeah but um so we in the same way that we wouldn't go on and on about how awesome that tapestry is. We might, but we, how, we normally just wouldn't do that because we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> we want to focus on what we're doing yeah. in that room. The, I thought, well, music doesn't have to scream for our attention either. Mm. It doesn't have to be there. And that's something that Brian Eno says, mm -hmm. says a lot. He says that so much of music that's out there is really trying to get your attention. It demands your attention. Yeah. Why not have a music that does the opposite? Mm. That sort of says, I'm here. You can forget about me. You can listen to me at any level of engagement yeah. and get something out of it. It rewards letting it fall into the background. And it also rewards detailed, close listening. Mm -hmm. So at any level of engagement, it, yeah. it gives you something. You can just let it wash over you, but yeah. then you can also pick out the little details like a right. like a piece of abstract art in a way. Like sure. A Jackson Pollock or something. Yeah. You you might listen to some ambient music and go, Oh, what a great little texture that is right mm -hmm. there. Or did you hear that happen? That little change there, you know? Uh yeah. And it's kind of like looking at the sunset. 
you know, mm -hmm. the sunset or the clouds don't demand your attention. So, but they're there. You know what I mean? That's cool. <laughs> so uh, what was some of the ways without giving too many of your secrets away, what were some of the ways that you recorded this album that were different from previous albums? Solace. This, this latest yes. one. Solace. Okay. Yeah. I did this one. This is the last thing I did as of this recording. Um, it was May. Mm -hmm. And we're all going through this pandemic, this wonderful thing, you know. <laughs> uh, and I thought, you know, we, we, we need some solace, mm -hmm. I think, in the world. And we, we don't need to be, we need to just create some space in our heads to, and we have a lot of space now. Why not have something that we can put on and that doesn't jar us or doesn't, uh, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bath. In a way, yeah. like a Calgon take me away kind of <laughs> experience. And I mean, I, I noticed that normally to kind of achieve that, that floating kind of no beginning, no end, yeah. very, you know, a long middle kind of sound. I really like reverb pedals, but they have to, they have to have this function on it called hold. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Mm. There's this little button that some, reverb units have that you, you press the hold button and it takes kind of a snapshot of the sound and then just smears it out infinitely mm -hmm. that works as a bass a lot for you so you can if you even just snap your fingers in a reverb and then hold it halfway through the decay it just kind of smears it. you get this sort of like that lingers out and you can do that with a guitar or a piano or a voice or anything really but you try different things and you get different smears and um, and you can hold on to those as long as you want or move them around or choose to you know put one pitch on top of another and use harmony and counterpoint in that kind of long stretch way so that's one way mm -hmm. and you can do all sorts of things like mild chorusing over it and to just to kind of smooth it out or pad it up a bit mm -hmm. to make it feel more lush sounding instead of just a, a freeze frame of sound. Yeah. Did you use a lot of environmental noise? I did. Environmental sounds? In this album, yeah. In this album, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the one previous, uh, I did one, I think in February, mm -hmm. uh, that uses a lot of kind of bird sounds. Mm -hmm. And I took the, this new microphone that I bought uh -huh. uh, out into the the Busan world and, and recorded ocean on rocks and uh, birds and construction sites of men, you know, people working on houses and things and the, the, the crashes and the machinery noises and just manipulated them to abstraction. <laughs> just cool. Some of them are, you can tell that it's birds. They go, oh, that's, that's definitely a bird. And some of them sound like, distant screeches that, mm. that they're just very stretched out bird sounds or mani mm. heavily manipulated. Another is the, the vocorder. Mm. There's, there's some digital vocorders out there. You can sing into the, you can sing into the microphone and press the keys down for a C major chord and your voice comes out in C oh. major chord. And it sounds very cool and robotic. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, techno sounding and seventies, uh, you know, funk. And yeah. you know, I think it was developed in the seventies or something. And, Laurie Anderson uses it, you know, amazingly. And mm -hmm. but if you want to use that as kind of a side chain, that uh, where you have the machinery sounds kind of triggering chordal sounds, that's really interesting too because it it, it doesn't sound like we normally think of a of a vocorder, but it's it's kind of like side chaining, mm -hmm. where you have audio signal that 
might not be so musical, but it's triggering, you know, pitches and sounds uh, that you're that you're sending it into. So yeah, and that kind of adds to a more kind of flavorful layer to the to the music. Yeah, so I use that a lot. Right on. So sort of let me let me take you back a little bit mm. back in the Wayback Machine, back to the Cuttlefish days. Oh, the yeah. punk rock band you were playing guitar. Yeah, and. I have a little surprise for you if you'd like to open this folder. Oh no! What um, did you do? I'm look. I'm opening this old folder. Yeah. Ah, the CD. There is a CD, <laughs> compact disc of the Cuttlefish the, album. The Cuttlefish. So this album. album, I don't know if you're. I'm sure you do, but this album opens with a guitar chord on the song Anaconda, <laughs> and it is this. Right before the riff starts, there is this very interesting chord that's happening. Very. <laughs> I mean, it just, you have to, it's you have to, it's, it needs to be beholden. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember what that chord is? Would oh my gosh. Uh, I wanted to do, I, I don't, I don't know if I could play it yeah. right now, but it's been so long since I've tried those songs. It's been something like we broke up in 2009, I think. Oh yeah, it was. I, I think definitely it was, you know, the hard days night chord that mm-hmm. everybody sort of tries to analyze and figure out. The and song it's really did. just like a like an F nine or something like that. I don't know yeah. what it is. Um, yeah, it's this was a mangled chord that just kind of resolved well, and, yeah. just, and I just wanted to start with that. Okay. But it was definitely kind of a this is my <laughs> this is my hard days night chord opening totally <laughs> well it, it's a cool preview for the album because it does have a lot so much tension in it and and oh, the yeah. record does too yeah. yeah well that was so much fun yeah. i just said just hanging out with four other guys and <laughs> and just being terrible on stage and <laughs> like we were so bad no. uh no we had our bad moments okay. definitely uh <laughs> I mean, that's rock and roll though probably, right? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was so much fun. Um, we didn't want to do we, we did a few cover songs, but we f- mostly focused on we wanted to make songs, um, primarily because there were other bands that did covers way better than we did. <sighs> so if we were just focusing on doing you know Green Day covers or something, yeah. we would be terrible. We'd be booed <laughs> off stage. We were so bad. We hardly knew our instruments. Colin had just learned the guitar. He just we forced him to buy it. Our guitar, he's our lead singer. Mm-hmm. And Minsu had never played the bass before mm-hmm. and he and they just kind of figured it out as they went along, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a good guitar player, so uh this is just basically what you get is all we got. <laughs> you know? It was it was so much fun. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And if you want to have a band or a punk band or whatever kind of band, just do it. Yeah. But don't don't worry about being better than anybody else. Just mm-hmm. have fun at it. That's what it's all about. Just have fun. Throw yourself into it. Have a blast. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> enjoy rehearsals. You know. Do you ever these days write any song like song songs, or are you pretty much focusing on ambient sounds in terms of that being your your musical outlet? I'm teaching way? a class right now mm-hmm. called Music and Creativity, okay. where the the students have to almost almost weekly have to come up with a song wow. or some some piece of music and i really tried to do a song song last week as so i sat down with my notebook and and just started sketching out ideas how am i going to do the song that fits my own you know assignment for them 
And I, I found it so hard. It was so hard because I'm used to, I'm used to dealing with music in different, on different terms now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I deal with sounds and chords and, and just coming back to making verses and things and tricky rhymes. It just, it, um, it was hard. It was hard. I, I'll, I'll try again sometime, but yeah, yeah. it's a, not really. I mean, okay. just, to get back to what I was saying before about that uh, year project of doing a song a day, since then I did I haven't really done much with vocals at all, mm-hmm. and that was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's the last seven years I've just been doing mostly instrumental stuff. Once in a while, voice things, okay. but but I like to cho- get other people to to do vocal things. Yeah, like you, <laughs> like me. Yeah, that was really fun on Anathema. Oh yeah, back to that song. All right, already. Yeah. What a tune, man. What a great tune. Yeah, played the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and sang it. Yeah. Uh, and well, I was surprised at how much our voices kind of sounded like. Yeah. Like your, your voice is kind of like just is what I'm aiming for. Like that, that's what I want my voice to sound like <laughs> is your voice. Oh, geez. But we're but, uh, not quite there. So I was, I'm glad you performed on that. All right, all right, all right. Um, can we hear one of the daily songs you brought in summer yeah. on and this yeah. is from the complete daily. So what made you want to choose this particular track? Because it's a, it's a, I think it's a really big contrast to, uh, the ambient stuff. This is mm-hmm. what we just heard solace. Um, I, I really like the pixies mm-hmm. and, and if you know the pixies yeah. and you listen to this, you're going to hear it <laughs> and hear it's just totally ape to the pixies and I've. <laughs> Not, I wouldn't want to hide that at all. And it was just, it was one of those daily songs and it came out in one day. And, and I really like how this one turned out. And um, so it uses guitars and me singing cool. and stuff. So let's hear it. Summer on. Oh, checky check. All right. Summer on. 
summer on. I tried to get the exclamation point. You got the, it. Yeah. That's, summer that's on. That's the exclamation point. From the complete dailies, 365. That was a non-leap year. That was a non-leap year, yes. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> so you said that you had writer's block when you uh, started doing that. Man. And then as you were proceeding through the the year of recording a song every day, did the writer's block ever come back? Um, only in the when the same writer's block sources, or when you get that feeling of when you're sitting down, you I, I want to make something, and you just got nothing. Mm. Nothing comes out or nothing appeals to you or everything you try seems to go, oh, that's just, that's nothing. That's awful. Mm -hmm. And then all those, uh, some psychologists call it like, that's the, the, the inner sensor, mm. the inner sensor is like telling you how bad you are and that you're, you're not worth it or, you know, all that stuff. So terrible things your brain does to you, right? That contributes to writer's block and, or just being, you know, not feeling worthy of making something out of nothing and. When those days happened, that was they, they were really hard. But I didn't want to let let the project down, so I, I I couldn't face myself if I skipped a day. And sometimes I had some days. You know, you have days where you just don't have you can't squeeze five minutes in. Yeah. You know, and you have to set up things and you know tune up the guitar or something. And uh, sometimes it was a matter of I got five minutes, so I turn on the you know I turn on my phone. And recorded me sitting there with the acoustic guitar, just going five minutes, five five minutes. Oh, I got, I got five minutes, you know. And then boom, bang it, throw it okay. into the computer and mix it down, and boom, done. You know, five minutes later, it's done. I think the thing is, if you give yourself rules, but you have to allow yourself to fail. Mm. If you give yourself the the leeway to make garbage, that's very liberating. Um, most people don't do that. They bully themselves into inaction for whatever reason, all those negative things that you're saying about your own stuff in your head. But if you allow yourself to say, all right, this might sound awful, but I don't have to show anyone. Mm. Uh, but in the, for this project, I was going to show everyone, mm -hmm. uh, who, everyone who was paying attention, but it's really liberating to, to, to tell yourself, listen, it can be, it can be a 30 second song of you just being a dork and, you know, <laughs> into the microphone and, and let it be what it is. And surprisingly, there wasn't a lot of garbage. I mean, there wasn't, yeah. uh, the per percentage of what I would consider just really awful was lower than I thought. Mm -hmm. There was some really awful stuff, I think. <laughs> but surprisingly, it was getting better and better. And I was getting better at daily practice of setting up the DAW and, you know, recording software and getting mics sounding better. And it was sounding better, you know, month by month. It was just the, the, the average sound quality was getting better and better. And by the end, I was making these really, these great things that I, that I was proud of. Mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't great, but, uh, relatively you know <laughs> so by the time i came out of that year i had a lot of tricks that i had worked up and practiced over the year how to make a vocal sound better how to make drums punch you know and i'm looking at youtube videos of you know there's millions of tutorials and you know how to make your vocal tracks shine you know <laughs> all that stuff um and anything that you focus on consistently and make yourself you stick to it that practice really sticks with you and yeah it's just like anything you know if you go out and shoot hoops every day for mm -hmm. 
three years, then you're going to be pretty good by the end. You know, you're going to be better anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I think just in terms of getting rid of those negative sensors or at least being able to deal with them and still record and put something out anyway mm-hmm. would probably be a very rewarding thing. For, yeah. Just that, yeah. just in that, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of uh, kind of like the morning pages. You oh know, yeah, like the every Julia morning. Cameron. Yeah. yeah, the Artist Way. Artist Way. Just I love that book. Do three pages a day when you wake up and kind of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think I read that in the '90s, early '90s. Oh, okay. And I still have a copy on my shelf. Yeah, I haven't opened it in a while. But do you still do? Do you do morning pages ever? No, I should. Yeah, I remember the short time that I, you know, the few months that I did that. It was incredibly helpful. Yeah. Just to start your day like that. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's where that whole allow yourself to do garbage mm-hmm. is, comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where I first heard that idea because of those morning pages, you don't show anyone, you put them in an envelope and you seal them away. You don't even have to look at them ever mm-hmm. again, but you just write whatever comes to your mind, even if it's, I don't know what I'm going to write today, mm-hmm. you know, and just do it. Just mm-hmm. do it. It doesn't have to be, you know, Hemingway, just do it. <laughs> and eventually you'll, through the process of work, and that's a Brian Eno thing that he says, you don't know what to do, just start working. You may discard the first two hours of what you do, but eventually you'll come across something in the process of work that will go, aha, now that's something I can work with. I can, I can work with this. Mm. I can build on this. Mm-hmm. Or that's something that I can save for later. Um, but you might have to slog through a lot of work before you get to that moment of, you know, ah, this is, aha, now it's, now it sounds all right. <laughs> now I'm, now we're getting somewhere, you know. Wow. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Julie Cameron. Book. Yeah. 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 The Artist's Way. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's yeah, a throwback. That's a great book. And it just, it's not just for artists, you know, I think it's be good for anyone. Because people experience writer's block in all totally. forms of life, even Inertia. their work or their relationships mm-hmm. or, you know, they get burned down and stuff. You got to allow yourself to fall. Can I ask you about Silicate yeah. Rain? This was um, an album that you did in 2014. Mm-hmm. And this was the year after that you finished the dailies, right? Yeah. Or that you did the song a day. Mm-hmm. So was this kind of your first foray into what we call ambient music? I think there's a lot of ambient um, elements yeah. in there. And I think a lot of the material is pulled from the, from the previous year's mm-hmm. work stuff that was unused the previous year and stuff. I think I recycled even some of these sounds on the, the track we're going to listen to is conflicted piano. Oh yeah. What, uh, what's going on with the piano? <laughs> um, I really like the idea of lo-fi mm-hmm. the, process of just recording something as is leave the leave the bad echo in the room in there mm-hmm. um if there if you hear noises you know off just leave them in there mm-hmm. what whatever goes you know just don't uh obsess about the perfect clean sound mm-hmm. you know there is a time for that of course some recordings demand that kind yeah. of level of you know polish but um i i like to hear the room sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm recording something. So I had this, I just recorded a piano with my phone. At that time, I was giving trumpet lessons at a school. And when the student didn't turn up, I would just play the piano that was in the practice room and just record the thing that day and then bring it home and throw it into the dailies thing. And this was a improvisation. Yeah, so I, so I took the 
the really kind of muddy piano, rough piano sound, and the piano's out of tune and everything, and it's just a crummy recording. And and then just cut it up mm-hmm. and it ran it through processors and delay things. And a lot of it is the piano chords without the beginning and the end. It's just the middle. Oh. So it sounds like it's skipping the attack. Okay. And you'll hear it when you when you, yeah. when you play the track. Um, that it, it sounds like, you know, the, the jump cut in film when someone's walking towards you and it looks like they mm-hmm. are coming at you in sequence or how do i describe that non-visual like there's a cut and then they're closer yes it, yeah yeah uh, you don't get the whole that. thing yeah, but yeah but that, oh, it's God. it's like that it's yeah. like that orally you okay know? so it's like you know the, you get a bunch of notes kind of cut together without without the attack
I was thinking about how with ambient music, the performance aspect is a little bit removed because it, you don't see a lot of people doing live ambient. No, you don't. No. No. Right? Yeah. But these days, nobody's doing anything live anyway. So it kind of fits right. the year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, the thing that I'm working on right now yeah. is in the, just started thinking about it two or three days ago is I've been watching a lot of Twitch Mm -hmm. the, this streaming, it's mostly games. And I like games. And so I mostly was attracted to watching, you know, how does so-and-so play this game? Okay. And I saw some, th some of the, the streamers doing things that I thought were really creative, really cool. Like, um, there's this one thing that this one particular Australian streamer does. His name is Bajo and he's hilarious. And he has this, he's made all these custom scripts and these little video bits that trigger when the followers, like when the viewers type, you know, they can spend their, their points on firing these little events. They're, they're called alerts. And he's got dozens and dozens of these unique things. And it's all things like him appearing on the screen, you know, as an, as an overlay and just smacking himself, you know, <laughs> and he reacts to it and he's hilarious. He's just, it's, it's a lot of slapstick, really funny mm. stuff. And, but I thought, wow, what a great tool this, mm. this would be. So I wonder, you know, if, if you can, if you can lay in scenes and camera angles and, uh, sound media and visual media and just sort of live real time manipulate that, it's kind of like a, an arranging window on a DAW, on a digital audio workspace, right? Mm -hmm. But it adds that element of, first of all, improvisation you know it's like real-time manipulation and also the the audio visual aspect you can do you can synchronize the what you're seeing with what you're listening to so that made me think of if i can build something within this this application that facilitates the uh, real-time composition process of ambient music we might have something hmm so if I'm messing with layers or coming up with layers real time in the stream and then laying them in to what they're seeing and hearing, that might, that might work. It's still very, I, I have, I'm still working on how to use the software, but it's, uh, it, that's what I'm working on right yeah. now. So in this concept, would it mm. be controlled by the, the people who are watching it or Could following be. on? That, that's, or that's, would it, you would be? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you would be doing most of the scene work, what, what, the, uh -huh. what, what happens. But there is that element that I'm really interested in and the interactive thing mm -hmm. of having the audience or the viewers, if they type in something in the chat, it will trigger some event to happen. And instead of it being a cute little, you know, graphic thing, why, why couldn't it be something audio visual, mm -hmm. you know, like a, an E flat, mm -hmm. you know, that stretches out for a couple of minutes, you mm -hmm. know, and then maybe they could have part of the, the interactive creative process going too. Why not? You'll see. It could be a complete disaster. And <laughs> it sounds, you know, unless, unless you've chosen the right set of tools that's yeah. available, it could be completely, you know, Sounds like it it's worth be. trying. Sure, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm trying it. I'm trying it. Okay. <laughs> I'm to try it. It kind of you made me think of um, you know the subway stairs. I don't know which station oh, yeah. it is, but when people step on it, I think it's Kyungsung, yeah. and you step on the stairs and it plays the Do Re Mi yeah. scale. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Thought, that's there's a lot of untapped potential exactly. going on with those yeah. stairs. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's crowd 
sourcing, you know, content mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. And since we're most of us are just kind of indoors and doing our own thing anyway, we're gonna, I think we're going to see a huge expansion of the possibilities of you know audiovisual content created by individual. Um, not just gamers, but, you know, artists. I, I, I would like to see more artists getting involved in this hmm. potential of live streaming. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, people have been doing performance art forever, you know. Yeah. It's, it, I think artists need to step up and use these, uh, repurpose these streaming tools for their own use. I think there's a lot of potential there. Cool. Uh, speaking of which, mm. in a way, um, so you came up with the the idea a while ago for the variable ensemble. Oh. The variable trio, the variable duo. Do you want to explain okay. the idea there? Yeah. Last year, often we would go to this place called Home Bistro. Mm-hmm. And it was a great space for uh, people to, to get together and, you know, hang out. And, but it was also a good place to do music. Mm-hmm. And you've been involved in, you know, I've seen you play there a bunch of times. And yeah. we played together. And it's just a great congenial space to, to, to do music and people are all really into it and it's always a good time. And we, we had, um, Patrick Carl on violin and Robert Coates on guitar and Eagleson on drums and just a bunch of people mm-hmm. joined in. So I thought, okay, since I want to do something that I want to contribute something to this as a composer. So I came up with these, these kind of plans. So they're almost like games, mm-hmm. but where, a a group of non non specified number of musicians playing non specified instruments could participate using the rules. So you have to be kind of vague about the rules. It's, composers normally orchestrate saying, "Well, this is for two violins and piano," you know. But you have to make a piece for unknown number of musicians mm-hmm. playing an unknown set of instruments, mm-hmm. and you have, you know you get give give them something to do. <laughs> so you want to have some boundaries you want to have you have to you have to set aside the the playground has to have walls <laughs> mm-hmm. but you have to let people kind of do what they want within the certain constraints so i think that's all a composer really does is makes musicians do s- musical stuff yeah and that's about as loose as i can go <laughs> good composer definition the thing i i love about it is that like every time we do the same piece, quote unquote, it's going to sound completely different. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost the definition of experimental music yeah. that I, that I like is you set up something, but you're not sure of what the outcome will be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. let's see what happens when you throw these two elements together, what's going to happen. You know, there might be a reaction, the chemical mm-hmm. reaction, or there might be nothing, or right. it could be disastrous, you know, right. it could be dis- you know, distasteful. Yeah. And it often is. Experimental music is a risk. It's really <laughs> risky. You, you, if you go to an experimental music concert or, or a, you know, some sort of event, you don't know what's going to happen and neither do they. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you have to kind of be prepared for it to be ridiculous, yeah. you know, <laughs> and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. that's the spirit of experimentalism. And, um, often what happens is, is you get these really interesting, unexpected outcomes. And you look at each other and go, oh, that was pretty cool. That yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen. And that's that's the attraction I find in that kind of thing. I love that it also encourages 
the performers to listen to one another. Yeah. Right. So we are completely responding in real time to what's happening. And, you know, we've played a lot of jazz together and that's sort of the spirit behind jazz. But even with Mm. jazz, there's usually a song that you are playing Yeah, and you know that you're playing, you know, my funny Valentine or whatever. Mm. And you can go a lot of different places from that space. Right. But you usually come back to the, the head. But with this, you don't really have even that. And you're no, just, <laughs> that's right. Just set adrift at sea and just right. let it let it happen. Yeah, if you didn't if you didn't know exactly what the rules were, you wouldn't be able to tell what two performances are the same piece. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have no idea. I mean, right. <laughs> well, let's try one. Do you want to? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you sent this to me. It's uh, the variable duo. Do you mind if I read the rules here? Go right ahead. Or the guidelines, I suppose. A lot of the the, un, the ensemble pieces, the the variable ensemble pieces, I thought were they had a lot of rules, and we and it's easy to get kind of lost in. Okay, it's like it's like a board game that has too many rules. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you just go, ah, what, 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 what are we supposed to do again? So I thought I'm going to write something that is so easy that it's almost not worth writing down. Have you ever gotten the idea that a video game is kind of like a choose your own adventure movie? Oh yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. so like, we're kind of going to do a little choose your own adventure music Yeah, here. Okay. That's a good, that's a good analogy. Like okay. That. So very simple duet. Number one, step one, participants decide upon a polyrhythm and timer duration on mynoise.net. Step two, trust each other and play nicely together until the timer runs out and it fades. You might try things like question and answer, call and response, counterpoint, or simulated speech conversations, whatever you want. Step three, receive your applause with either self-effacing humility or a bombastic bravado, whichever is in greater contrast to the mood you ended the piece with. Yeah, basically it's set up a beat to play against Uh two people and just do whatever you want. But the the crazy twist at the end is uh, how you receive the applause (laughs) has to contrast the mood of the piece. So yeah, it's kind of a silly, stupid ending, but okay. Well, and I don't, I don't see a lot of people going to clap right now. (laughs) (laughs) We have to set the timer. Oh, right. Ready? I'm ready. All right. Five minutes. Five minutes. Cool. Here we go. Five minutes. Okay.
was step three that you're supposed to. <laughs> if you end calm, then you have to bombastically, you know, yeah, yeah. get all like, yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Liquid Sound. We'd like to thank Gordon Bazzali for visiting the studio and sharing his music, and you'll be happy to hear that since we recorded that episode, Gordon has started making music over at Twitch, which you can check out at twitch.tv slash damnsite. You can also hear his extensive catalog of music at damnsite.bandcamp.com. Those links are, of course, available in the description notes of this episode. For upcoming info about the Liquid Arts Network, you can find us at liquidartsnetwork.com. We have lots of events on the horizon, so do keep an eye out for that. If you or someone you know would like your music featured on our show, let us know via email at liquidsoundpodcast at gmail.com. Please share this show with your friends, subscribe to the Liquid Sound Podcast, and if you could, take a minute to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help listeners find us. On behalf of everyone at the Liquid Arts Network team, we thank you so very, very much for listening. And until next time, support independent music, support your local arts community, and support each other. And we will be seeing you very soon. Jen, take it away. From there the conversation took off way. Shared all our stories and heartaches and defenses And I remember it like it were yesterday I think that's the first day